What up, world? It's the Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. So why don't you make this show your first listen every single day, coming at you every single weekday. Make it a part of your daily routine, make it your first listen, and then tell your friends to do the same. Fun show for you today. We got some rumors, real-life rumors with legs. Uh, a rumor that's about OG Ananobi that's, quite frankly, been swirling around the Portland area market, but is now getting some some juice from the national media, and we'll discuss it. Is OG Ananobi a real target? Plus, 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 the Blazers today. Tuesday, May 31st. This is uh, Tuesday, May 31st show coming at you a little later in the day, but this is Tuesday's show. And on Tuesday, the Blazers worked out their first set of uh, uh, draft prospects. Now, the Blazers have been other places seeing draft prospects, but typically during draft season, they bring folks in and we got our first batch of who came in. And let me give you a hint. One of them's Dyson Daniels, someone right in the Blazers range. Someone will learn more about to close the show. But let's, let's start with the rumors because this one's juicy, fun, and I think to some extent, real or at least the the conversations are real first let's start where credit where credit is due danny morang over at jacked ramsey's uh podcast and youtube show youtube channel uh has been floating the idea with some credibility with some the sort of uh sourcing behind it but certainly floating the idea that the blazers could acquire or would be interested in acquiring og ananobi and uh i haven't really talked much about og on the show because i regard it as um wishful thinking as like a really, really good option, but relatively hard to pull off. And like full disclosure, I have told Danny as much. Someone I communicate with relatively regularly. Um, But Danny has been floating this idea. Um, Listen to Jack Ramsey's like, because you'll get it first, uh, is, is uh, that the Blazers would use the seventh overall pick in the draft to acquire uh, Raptors forward, OG Ananobi, Uh, a really, just a really good Two way forward, the type of, of player that a lot of good teams want. Um, and today in Bleach Report, Jake Fisher, uh, one of the, the, the sort of up and coming, really good newsbreakers in the game, wrote a story specifically about the rap about interest in OG Ananobi from uh, a variety of teams, including your Portland Trailblazers. You don't say. Uh, it's uh, like it, what I'm saying is like it doesn't. Uh, I want to be clear. I don't think. Local reporting needs national media to back it up to add validation to it. But when the when two people who are largely unconnected are saying the same thing, it, it naturally offers validation in either direction from national to local, local to national. In this case, from local to national. And 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 Jake Fisher, to be sure, is like someone who knows things, and his reporting suggests. A couple things. One, there's real interest from the Blazers in pursuing OG Ananobi. Cool. <laughs> like it, it, it truly makes sense. And, and, and some type of deal would be that the Blazers would offer something like the seventh overall pick and Josh Hart in exchange for OG. And what the other thing it makes clear is that while there is a lot going on with this offer, this, this, the interest from Portland, right? Like it's very real. Fisher offers this, and I regard this as perhaps the most important part of the entire story. I'm going to read it verbatim from Jake Fisher's work on BleachReport.com. Check it out. Two sources with knowledge of the dynamic told Bleach Report that Ananobi has not directly expressed discontent with the Raptors. Perhaps the conversation around him has been driven more by external interest in acquiring the fifth-year forwards services. Ding, ding, freaking Ding. To me, this is why Fisher is such a good reporter, because instead of like carrying water for 
one particular set of sources, which is like very common in the newsbreaker game, is that somebody tells you something, so you bring it to the table. This really is, I think, a telling and very solid piece of reporting. Two folks say the uh, or folks say that the Portland Trailblazers have interest in OG and Anobi, but additional sources or 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 perhaps the same sources, but multiple sources suggest that OG hasn't asked for a trade. And while there might be some discontent in maybe his role and Scotty Barnes taking a step forward, like OG and Anobi has not gone to Toronto and said, trade me. It's more like it seems, at least according to Fisher, and I think this is kind of why my initial skepticism with the sort of trade talk was like, the Raptors don't want to get rid of him. And if they do, what's the asking price? Because maybe the conversation around Portland is after OG is just because Right, the Portland Trailblazers would love to acquire OG Ananobi because he's really good and fits what they want to do. And I think that's always this time of year. Why is this type of news out? And I and I applaud Fisher for putting that right on the table because straight up, like I I think this is the the snag here. He's OG Ananobi's twenty four years old. At his peak, he's something like an all first-team all-defense contributor who has some a little bit of shot creation ability and some shooting ability. He's an ideal 3 and D wing. He's under contract for two more seasons at a relatively reasonable price. This is what every good team wants. And if they were truly to put him on the market, yeah, yes, yes, this would be someone that folks were after. And is Josh Hart and Seven the best offer they could get? I'll tell you what. Josh Harden 7 isn't a awful trade for OG Ananobi. Like, I don't think it's like laughable, laugh off the phone type of thing. I think it's helpful. Uh, the, the Raptors could use some more rim pressure. A guy who gets downhill, that's Josh Hart. Uh, the Raptors could use 7 to get that shot creator they need. They need more shot creation in the half court. That's like their big weakness, right? They don't exactly have that. Uh, for, for their offensive prowess, it's a lot of jump shooting. Um, and, and a lot of hope that Pascal Siakam can get all the way to the rack. Like that's that's kind of kind of their hope. I, I wouldn't I would expect that there are better offers out there than Josh Hart and Seven, just in terms of what the the Raptors want. But even in this reporting from uh, from Jake Fisher Bleach report, the other idea is like the Raptors potentially being interested in Rudy Gobert, but Rudy Gobert's massive salary closing in on forty million dollars makes acquiring OG, who makes under eighteen million, or if you do it in next in next calendar year, uh, eighteen and a half million, you're still going to need to add another player to him. And as the Raptors are already a team extremely light on depth, trading multiple parts for Rudy Gobert, does that really make them better? Plus, the Raptors love playing. Dudes who are 6'8", 2'6", and are multi-position players. That is their whole model. They did not acquire a center on purpose. In fact, they cut Drew Eubanks because they didn't think they needed a center. I don't think there's pressure to balance the roster. I don't think there's pressure to like fix fix a fix a roster crunch or fix like a roll. They can just the Raptors will just roll out five dudes who are all the same size and not worry about their space for them. What the belief is here is that potentially OG is getting squeezed a little bit in opportunity. And maybe his combination of him getting squeezed a little bit in opportunity and the Raptors needing upgrades in shot creation and at the center spot, he could be the one to move because if the Raptors are going to get better, OG is their tradable part. Scotty Barnes is a rookie of the year who's fantastic. Fred Van Vliet just signed an extension. Pascal Siakam is like an anchor of, of, of that core team. OG is the one that would be traded. I think there is some small 
smoke and some fire connected to it here with OG to Portland, I remain pretty skeptical of it getting done based on my sort of initial reaction to the trade and the reporting that perhaps the conversation around him has been driven more by external interest in acquiring the fifth year's forwards services. That external interest is coming from your Portland Trailblazers. Let's talk about why this is such a good fit because I think OG Ananobi is quite frankly like uh, would be close to an ideal offseason. Let's let's explore that a little bit and why I think so in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, I use the Prize Picks app on my phone all the time. It's it's a fun way to kind of uh, pick a pick an entry and and pick players based on their projections and win a little bit of money. You're just picking versus the projections. So points, rebounds, assists, over underlines set by Prize Picks. You pick your players, you pick what over underlines you want to you want to place in your entries and you go from there. You can win up to 10 times on any entry because you're picking between 2 and 5 players, but you can you can make you can hedge your bets. So you only got to get 3 out of 4 or 2 out of 3 and still win some money. It's fun. You can go to prizepicks.com or you can be like me and download the app. Or, or excuse me, but right now, you can just get some free money. Go and the NBA Finals start on Thursday night. Download the app, enter the promo code NBA, and on your first entry, choose Jason Tatum or Steph Curry. And when one of them scores one point, any player on your first entry scores one point, you get $50 free deposited in your account. So download the app, promo code NBA, get $50 free It's super easy. That's, that is prize picks daily fantasy made simple. All right. So we talked about OG Ananobi. Credit to Danny Morang and Jake Fisher for being on the news, for, for knowing that it was a possibility. Um, my skepticism remains, but let's drop my skepticism for a little bit because I, I want to just like talk about this like in the in the abstract. This is nearly a perfect fit. Uh, OG Ananobi isn't young, like continuing to improve. And while he's had some availability issues, you know, he was hurt coming out of the draft, which is probably why he slid all the way where he did. Blazers could have drafted him. Let's not talk about that now. Um, like, you know, he had an ACL injury coming out of college. He's had various other injuries that have limited his availability. And availability is is the number one ability is being able to play, being able to get on the court. But 24 years old, under contract for at least the next two seasons at about 18 and a half and, or excuse me, about 17.3 and then 18 and a half million dollars player option in the 2024, 24, season for about $19 million. He will be like, that is just a straight up great deal for someone of his caliber. And what is his caliber, right? Like the box score stuff probably in, for my money doesn't necessarily do him justice. I think OG Ananobi has a little bit of shot creation ability that maybe he could lean into more, lean more into if he had a different role. I think he has some real spot up shooting skills. Like he could be a really useful spot up shooter. And I think what, where really takes him over the top for me and what, like what makes this idea of OG to Portland so intriguing, do it, do it, do it. If it's on the table, do it, do it, do it. Is that at his peak, he is a, First team all defense level defender, a versatile defender who can guard you know one through four and even switch onto onto you know the non Embiid non Jokic fives because he's strong and he's got a he's got a really strong base, great hands, great defensive instincts. Like you're not you're, you're not asking like he can he's a good team defender and a, and a good on ball defender. Like he does he he plays well in both of those um in in both of those roles. He is in in Toronto they play a wildly aggressive 
defense where they trap and and sprint and scramble and and recover and x out and like just just pressure the ball help behind the ball help the helper and keep on moving and use all of their length and all of their athleticism to be to be a a wild defense i don't think chauncey billups wants to do that i don't think he wants to be as aggressive as nick nurse but we saw the blazers pressure the ball you know particularly early in the year when they were healthy prior to january like Get out and blitz pick and rolls as much as anyone in the league. Get out and chase ball handlers away from the rim as much as anyone in the league and try to scramble behind and recover. Uh, it didn't work out very well. They weren't very good at but I think like that is what the Blazers want to do. You can plug OG Ananobi right in there. OG Ananobi, to be clear, if he was on the Blazers roster, would be the best forward Damian Lord has played with since LaMarcus Aldridge left. That's a little bit damning of the forward core since LaMarcus Aldridge left, um, said by me, a big Al Farouk Aminu appreciator, big Mo Harkless fan. But like OG Ananobi is better than those dudes today and could be significantly better because he's entering his physical prime on a relatively cheap contract where you get him for two more years. This is the ideal trade. And let me let me say the name I've been not trying to say on recent podcasts. OG Ananobi is a better fit on the Portland Trailblazers than Jeremy Grant. He's a better, more enticing target than Jeremy Grant for a variety of reasons. One, I don't like if we're talking 2K rating or whatever, like overall basketball player, I think Jeremy Grant's probably better than OG Ananobi. But that does not matter when you are building a basketball team. We are not building a 2K team. And if we were, I'd still pick OG because I think defense is underrated. Look, the contract status alone makes OG more inviting to a team that's trying to acquire him. Uh, Jeremy Grant is ending the final year of his contract, and then he's reportedly wants a max extension that pays him something like north of $25 million, an average annual value of $28 million a year. Goodness freaking gracious that is a wild overpay for jeremy grant or not if he gets it it's just what he gets um it becomes the price for jeremy grant but when you're choosing between a trading for something that is akin to a similar package and i think uh fisher points out that the asking price for jeremy grant he in the same story that i've been uh, citing in the OG and Anobi reporting is that the asking price for Jeremy Grant is either two first round picks or a first round pick and a player on a rookie scale contract. And that has been consistently the asking price from the Pistons for Grant. I don't think the Blazers should trade two first round picks for Jeremy Grant. I don't think they should trade one first round pick for Jeremy Grant, probably, unless they have a surplus, which as they sit here today, they do not. Also, Grant is a guy who wants, who who has, he wasn't always this way, but he's blossomed as he's kind of spread his wings a little bit and chose to go to Detroit to someone who wants a bigger chunk of the offense run for him. And I think some of the reporting around OG is that he could use a bigger chunk of the offense run for him, uh, uh, would like a bigger chunk of the offense run for him or run through him a little bit in uh, with on-ball responsibilities in Toronto. But he, he in that situation he's talking about the being the third as opposed to the fourth option not number one i think he slides into a comfortable role player position much better than jeremy grant he's cheaper he's a little bit younger i think he's a way better defender and i think he uh the, the sort of individual offense skills that jeremy grant kind of flashes that og could develop them do i think grant is better than og Ananobi? i absolutely do do i think og Ananobi is a better fit for the portland trailblazers i absolutely do absolutely do coupled that with reportedly the asking price according to jake fisher bleach report is a little bit lower for og Ananobi. everything about it makes that trade more appealing to me i have been i've been kind of out on the jeremy grant trade like 
you know, at some point, if the Blazers had two top 10 picks, maybe you could have convinced me just because, again, surplus of picks. But I'm kind of out on it in general. I, it does not appeal to me. He's not my he's not my buttercup, um, not my huckleberry, rather. But, like, uh, OG, OG, I legitimately think is very good and would be very, very helpful. My skepticism remains. My skepticism of it getting done remains. But if it's on the table, which is why I want to sort of talk through it in the second segment, this the if, the large if that's in the room, do it. Do it. Do it. It's nearly an ideal fit. And if you can swing some version of this that allows you to trade, you know, Josh Hart and the seventh overall pick and keep some of the powder dry for also acquiring Jeremy Grant, like a, you know, future first and the trade and the traded player exception that would allow you to absorb Grant and take the, take his money in and worry about the extension later. If you, I don't think you could do both because I think if you if you make a trade for if you make the trade for OG Ananobi, you probably use the assets that the Pistons would want to acquire Jeremy Grant, just based on the reporting from from Jake Fisher and kind of just the logic that is me, an obsessive NBA person. But if you could do both, this is that is something like something like an A plus offseason. Sure, the Blazers will be without depth, but they'll also be have the best forward core they've they've ever had while Damian Lillard is on the team. And that includes when they had LaMarcus Aldridge, mostly because Nick Batum wasn't as good as he was uh, during that era. But like, yes, do it. If you can acquire OG and Obi for Josh Hart in the seventh pick, do it in a heartbeat. Do it in a heartbeat. Don't look back. Just do it. Just press the yes button. Go, go, go. Call it into the league office and go ahead and do it. Speaking of that seventh pick, Blazers got three picks in the upcoming NBA draft and they held uh, workouts for draft perspective or draft prospects is the word I'm looking for today at their practice facility in Tualatin. Let's talk about who showed up and why that's important in the third segment to close the show. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com. It's a family business system specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They are a company born online and born to help you fix your car on the cheap. Save time, save money, real money. 30, 50, 100% more than when you're going to save, or 100% less, rather, if you go to a chain auto parts store or a car dealership. Those places, they can't carry enough parts, and they just can't give you a discount because that's not the way they are set up. Rock Auto is set up to help you and specializing in helping you and been doing it for two decades. So go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and while you're there, write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Blazers has some draft workouts today. Who showed up? Let's talk about them. The big name that we'll spend some time with to close the show is Dyson Daniels. 19-year-old who played for the G League Ignite. International prospect from Australia who's, who's joined the G League in order to become this, a top 10 pick in the draft. But some others too. Julian Champagny, a 6'8 wing from St. John's. Darius Days, a 6'7 forward from Louisiana State. Muhammad Gay, a 6'11 big man from Washington State. Fats Russell, a 5'11 guard from Maryland, who spent the first four years of his career at Rhode Island. And Dallas Walton, 7-footer from Wake Forest. Uh, like, let's let's do this quickly. I'm not like, a, I'm not, a, I, I, I am bringing on draft experts later this week. The next two shows are going to have uh, folks from the Locked On Podcast Network who are legitimately do this for their job. But Julian Champagny is like a dude who can shoot it, who can rebound a little, and he's six foot eight. Like he is an NBA player to me. If he's available in the second round, 
I would be very much into the Blazers taking a long look at him. Uh, his brother went to Pitt. I watched his brother play a bunch. Uh, Justin Champagne, who's now in the Raptors organization. I think he's an NBA player too. Like, I think he has skills and Julian Champagne's a little bigger. So... Yes, yes. Uh, the St. John's product I'm all in on. Uh, Darius Days, a uh, f- friend of mine told me that he's he thinks Days is probably an NBA f- forward at 6'7". Um, you know, the type of athlete that is coveted by NBA teams, 6'7", 245. Uh, like, just a big body that can, um, that is what teams want. They want people of that frame and ilk. But the name, the big name that was there and the name that sort of that highlighted the like, uh, the way the Blazers do this is that they they announce, hey, tomorrow we're gonna have draft workouts, and you'll release we will release the prospects just before the workouts start. And then you show up at the at the uh, practice facility, and then the team releases who's there. <laughs> it's, I don't I have no idea why they need to be so secretive, but they choose to be so secretive, and that is their right. So whatever. But like, uh, when the list comes out, it's like Tyson Daniels, huh? Oh. Daniels is the like is clearly the premier guy in this group. I would say these are like second rounders and dudes who are going to go undrafted. Sometimes draft workouts, like because of the nature of how draft scouting works, sometimes you just do draft workouts as a favor. You let it, you say, yeah, hey, your agent is we're trying to do him a solid. We'll get you in the gym, you know, get your take a look at you, take like take a real serious look at you. Um, but like we're we're you're here because we're doing you know Wasserman Group a favor or whatever it is. Dyson Daniels is not necessarily that. He is someone who is projected to go right in that middle lottery. I've seen him as high as five and as low as 13 in the mock drafts I was surveying prior prior to doing this. And he's he measured at six, seven and a half with a six, ten and a half wingspan at the at the combine. So like six, seven in shoes with almost a six eleven wingspan. He's a point guard. Like he's skinnier and he's a guard type, like maybe a, a two a one-two. But he's got real size. His issue is that he's not much of a shooter, but he can rebound, he can dribble, like he can make plays off the bounce and he can pass. And he has some real, the, the thing that really makes him stand out is several, several uh, scouting reports I've read consider him one of the best defensive players in this draft, maybe the best guard defender in this draft. There's real value in someone his size with playmaking and ball handling skills who can really get after it on defense. Think of like a more athletic Kyle Anderson. More athletic Kyle Anderson is like a really freaking good player. Kyle Anderson is like a, you know, top eight contributor on every team in the NBA. If he wasn't like incredibly and comically slow, he would be a totally different player. Even Anderson, who is slow, has at times been a very good defensive player in the league because of his size and his instincts. He's also a really good passer and with really good feel. Daniels is someone who maybe projects to be just like a juiced up version of that. And he just turned 19, so it could be a lot better. In the G League night, he averaged 11.6 points, 6.7 rebounds, and 4 point eight assists. Uh, the big thing you're going to see that was 29 games across a couple G league, uh, events, but the thing you see from everyone, I've read it in like six different scouting reports, the final nine games of his G league career, he shot 45% from three. Okay. <laughs> I'd say that is true, but not particularly meaningful. He also, uh, at the NBA combine did a solo workout, which means he was brave enough to go ahead and say, okay, executives from all 30 teams are here. I'm going to show you that I'm in good enough shape to work out by myself and not afraid to have a terrible shooting day and like really hurt my draft stock. He, this is a lot of guys don't do that type of stuff. And Daniels was brave enough to go ahead and put together a workout and not just like, not a big old group workout. He, um, 
there's a reason his name is climbing up draft boards. Uh, I think the simple question that you're asking, like, it's, it's like if Daniels is available at seven, do you take him? For me, he's not he's not my number one choice because I think he projects as someone who needs the ball in his hands and he's probably a guard. Um, but I think he is good enough and intriguing enough that he should be on the Blazers list. Uh, my you know, my personal preferences should not really color uh, your belief in what the Blazers should do. I think Daniels is good enough to be drafted at seven. I think he's talented enough to go ahead of that. Um, and I think the shooting concerns, he shot 30% from three in the G League before on the year. So 45% of the last nine games, you can do the math to figure out how poorly he shot in those first 20. Um, like... I think the shooting is a concern, but I think the frame and the skills, like I'm a guy who just like skill level, if high skill level and size at that age, you, you're not going to get smaller. Um, and if you can add shooting, the easiest skill to improve, you've got a really, really impressive, like starting point. If a guy like Dyson Daniels, he was the name that jumped off the page. I think Justin Champagny, and according to according to a friend of my, a draft friend of mine, uh, Darius Days definitely could be uh, could be second round targets. We're going to talk about the Blazers. They have two second round picks, thirty six and fifty six, or thirty six and fifty seven rather. So uh, we will we'll get there talking about talking about the Blazers second rounders. But I, I think both of those are on the board. Dallas Walton, I saw play a couple times at Wake. Um, he's the third best player on the team. I think the other two guys, Jake Laravia and. Uh, Alondis Williams, I think, are NBA players. I'm not sure Walton is. Fats Russell, just straight up, I'm unfamiliar with him, learned about him while prepping for this podcast. Same thing with Muhammad Gay, a skinny 6'11 big man from Washington State who was productive on a not particularly good Pac-12 team. Tyson Daniels is intriguing. Um, the Blazers bringing, I would say this, the Blazers bringing players in who are in their draft range is not an indication that they will be using the pick. It's an indication that they're doing their due diligence. You do prepare for all the outcomes. You don't say we want to trade the pick, so we're not going to work anyone out and at who's in the seven range. You prepare for all the outcomes. Day one of the Blazers bringing in prospects lets you prepare for the outcomes because you want to know the value of the pick. That's the thing Joe Cronin said, the value of the pick. That means if someone wows you, if Dyson Daniels works out today and you're like, holy cow, you watch his tape, it's like, holy cow, he's a he's a top three pick. We can't, if he's at seven, we have to take him, have to have to take him. Then it changes what the value of the pick is. You do your due diligence, you, you, you approach this season responsibly, and then you let this sort of your, your process color what's next. Would I take OG Ananobi over Dyson Daniels? Yeah, on the team next year, absolutely, absolutely. Doesn't mean that, you know, long-term Daniels or anyone else taking a seven won't be better than OG. It just means the Blazers stated goal to be competitive next season. Stated goal likely means veterans. And if that veteran is a 24-year-old, really versatile defender who can shoot it under contract for two more seasons, oh my God, pull the trigger. Just get it. Just do it. Uh, just do it. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow's show, Raphael Barlow, uh, the host, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board, a, a podcast host on this network, on the Locked On Network, the founder of NBA Draft Junkies, and a professional basketball scout who does this for a living is going to join the show. Make sure you come back for that one. We'll talk all about what the Blazers can do and at all of their picks and what he's seen from risers and fallers during draft season. So come back for that one. Come back for more. Five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts. Make your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.